In today's episode, I get to talk to a new friend of mine who is a wealth leader in life. He teaches other people how to gain wealth, not just financially, but wealth is something that you can have in your relationships, in your health, in finances, in many other areas of life. Today, we talk about how he learned how to transform his mindset from a poverty-stricken mindset, learn how to be a mentee, and in doing so, changed the way that he understood how to build wealth and how the mindset and attitude and the behaviors he had changed from what they were to what they had to be in order to acquire the wealth in his heart, in his mind, in his pocketbook, and in the relationships of his life. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Today on The Whole Person Mindset, we're talking to a mortgage agent. He works with Bedrock Financial. He's a private lender, real estate investor, host of Leadership to Wealth podcast, Magic Mondays, Wizards of Ontario Real Estate Investing. Overall, he helps people understand how to walk in leadership and in wealth. And wealth can be described not just financially, but it can be personal growth in spirit, mind, and body. So today, I want to welcome to the show, as we're going to talk about the wealth mindset. Welcome to the show, Neil D'Souza. Neil, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for that introduction. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Well, you know, one of the things that was really um, exciting for for this conversation, in my opinion, was that you and I are somewhat in very similar industries. Uh, you being in mortgage and me being in real estate uh, as an as an agent. And one of the things that I guess that I've thought about for so long is how my mindset has shifted from when I first got in the business. When I first got in, you know, I did not have, oh, what's the word? I, I didn't think I could sell higher end homes. You know, to, to sell a house over 200,000 was a big deal to me. Like I did not see myself capable of doing that. Even though it was the exact same work, why would someone want to choose me to sell a house? Mm-hmm. Now, almost nine, 10 years ago, $200,000 house was still a really nice size house then, at least where I'm from. And so I was always doing these small real estate deals and I had to do a lot of them. I was getting burnt out. But one day I started realizing that I could be more, that I deserved more. And I started gaining the confidence in myself and my own ability. So I preface that story with, there are many different ways to build wealth. Um, You and I are both in real estate. What are some of the old ways of thinking that you had about becoming wealthy that has changed? Maybe some false conceptions, um, whether through it's your experiences, failures, or successes, but what are some of the old ways of thinking about building wealth that you had that changed over time? <laughs> great, great question. Um, let, let me just ask you a quick question. Where, where are you located right now? I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, great. Um, 
Uh, great football coming out of Tulsa. All right. Um, okay. So how has my mindset changed from, from the past to where it is now? Uh, to give you a little bit of background, because there's been a lot of change and there's literally been change um, o- over time, uh, like different segments uh, over time. Uh, because for me, I, I actually grew up um, in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and, um, and the place I lived in Toronto was, uh, was basically the hood of the hoods. <laughs> That's funny, I thought you looked Canadian. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was um, it was a bit of a rough uh, upbringing. And um, and my mentors at the time uh, would have been, uh, you know, in gangs and drug dealers. Wow. And so my mindset for how to make money at that time, um, also being a little bit older, not having the Internet, that kind of stuff. Um, and getting this type of knowledge from these type of people, my, my idea of how to build wealth was, um, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to run the local drug scene. And, uh, that's, that was the basis of my, um, idea of building wealth initially. Um, I just didn't know how, how does someone go ahead and start a business? How does someone do any of those things? I didn't know. Just to reiterate, your idea was kind of living a thug life and you're going to run the local drug scene and your idea of building wealth came from that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it was, uh, you, you know, I, I really share with people that um, if, if God had, hadn't decided to intervene, um, I would have gone down that road. Uh, there's a whole number of things that, that happened. Uh, How, I'm curious. Let, yeah. Let's go there for a second. How did God intervene in your life? Oh, um, well, for, for starters, and this, this is going to sound odd, but um, I, this is what I was thinking. Hey, it's time to, uh, we're going to have to take over the local drug scene. If we want to make money, that's the next deal. And um and the only way up is by removing whoever's in, in the way. And, um, and interestingly, one of the, so, so if I'm understanding you correctly, you're getting ready to go nuclear. Yeah. 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 And, and that really was my mindset at the time. Um, and, you know, I think there was a movie, get rich or die trying. And, um, and so what happened was, uh, a contact, a guy I knew, uh, he actually didn't show up for a meeting that we were supposed to have. Um, he was supposed to bring, bring some um, firearms and he didn't show up. And uh, I went to, I still worked a side, part-time job and um, and I went, I went to work that night. I told the guys, I was like, hey, whatever, you know, we're going to have to find him and deal with that, deal with him. And long and short of it, uh, I uh, I went to work, ended up meeting some guys that came in uh, that night, and they actually said to me, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you seem like an interesting, an interesting guy. I'm wondering if we could do some business." Now they didn't know any of the background um, to me, but um, but we would end up talking, and I I actually called called my boys at the time and said, "Guys, look, 
while we're looking for this guy, I may actually have something legitimate brewing here. Let me go check that out in the meantime while we're while we're trying to uh, find out where our our weapons are. And um, in that time, I ended up learning and being mentored in business through these guys. I ended up going into a partnership, put the whole thing on hold. And now, you know, okay, you might just say that's just one event. Hey, this guy didn't show up. You don't think anything of it. Well, what ended up happening is um, two years later, I ended up almost dying in a knife fight. And, um, and shortly thereafter, I realized I had just, I'd gotten that close and that it was time to make some changes. And then I kid you not, within a couple months, I ended up meeting the guy that didn't show up to that meeting. And I run into him and I was like, hey, now I'm, I'm turning around my life. I'm like, okay, God, I got the picture. I'm stepping away. I'm not right. doing any of that stuff. And then what, ha what happens? He, um, I meet this guy and I was like, hey, uh, you know, haven't seen you in two years. What happened to you? You never showed up. I'm not mad at him anymore or any of that kind of stuff. But I run into him on the street and he says, I just got out of, uh, I just got out of prison. I just did two years for they, the cops pulled me over as I was on my way to go meet you. And they found the guns and he had just uh -huh. finished doing two years. And so not only did I just survive almost dying in a knife fight, uh, almost bleeding out, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then here's this guy that was supposed to show up and I run into him and find out on his way to meet me. And so there's just a whole number of different incidents, uh, little coincidences, if you want, that you, any one item, sure, but put them all together and you kind of look and go, okay, got it. I've got, I've got another chance here to, to change things around. Dude, do that. that's some heavy, like inception stuff, because think about it, your life, you're getting ready to go nuclear on the existing game. The guy gets pulled over, doesn't rat you out. He goes to jail and then you almost die in a knife fight a few years later. It's as if there is a heavenly being who I'd like to call Jesus, who foresaw all this and what you wanted to become and was protecting you from some of the bad things that could have happened in your life. So what was the, was there a specific conversion point where you're like, all right, God, I need to stop not only what I'm doing, but I'm going to surrender my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, I, I want to hear that. And then I want to go back to the original question, which was. Right. <laughs> about, uh, about mindset. Shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got it. So a couple of things happened there. So first of all, I, here I am in this knife fight, uh, bleeding to death. Doctor stitched me up, all of that kind of stuff, sent me home. I'm stuck at home. And, uh, and over the next couple of weeks, uh, and they're, they're like, for people that, some people may not even know what this is, but the doctor said, don't even lift a phone book um, because, you know, they're too, it was too heavy and um, they didn't want to damage any of the muscles that they just tried to stitch together. And so, um, and so 
I'm at home sitting around watching TV and, and I'm just thinking, Hmm, all these thoughts are going through my head. I should have died, man. This almost happened. This almost happened. This almost happened. You know, uh, just in this one event, the number of things that happened so that I stayed alive. Then while I'm sitting there, I was like, uh, a friend of mine gives me a call and says, Hey, I just got invited to church. And I was like, really? And he starts telling me about it. And I, I was like, I guess you should go check that out. And um, he goes and checks that out. And, uh, you know, he, he's studying the Bible with them. And, uh, and then he comes back to my place. Now, this is the, a guy that I'm connected to through the business. He's the same guy that gave me that opportunity. He doesn't know about this whole other area of my life. So he kept coming over to talk about this. And I was like, oh, yeah. That, and I grew up with um, uh, religious uh, in, in religious family and that. And um, well, my mom anyways. And so I was like, yeah, that, that sounds right. And anyways, what happens? I'm thinking to myself, well, if he invites me to church, I'm going to I'm not able to go. So. I'll, my conscience will be clear. I'm not going to go. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't ask me to come to church. And then he, uh, or anything like that. And then about a week later, uh, two weeks later, I'm just starting to be healthy enough to walk around and stuff. And then he comes and asks me and I was like, oh, shoot, I don't have a good, uh, I don't have a good reason not to go anymore. So um so I ended up going, and uh, while I was there, I was listening to the minister, and quite frankly, it, uh, the I just felt like God was speaking to me um, in that scenario, because interestingly, one of the things I had I had to deal with racism, and so I didn't even I had issues with church. Everybody was white, and uh, here I was a colored kid, and I go to this church, and it's and it's another the minister was colored. Yeah, And uh, it may seem like a little something subtle, but it was just subtle enough that it allowed me to put down that wall and right. just listen. And, um, and then at that point, I was like, okay, it's time to make a change. Um, and uh, I have to do something different. And so I actually uh, sat down with some guys and we, uh, they showed me a bunch of scriptures over the next couple of days. And uh, at the end of the week, I, I was like, yeah, but uh, I need to, uh, I need to give my life to Jesus. And uh, that's what I did. That's awesome. And so through this process, you, you're getting ready for the drug deal to knock off the other authority uh, of dealers in the area. Yeah. Your life is spared. You immediately that same day meet a group of men had a legitimate business deal who then become mentors and then are the same people that bring you to church and help start your path of, of not only belief in Jesus, but through this process has helped you starting to shift your mindset. And so what are some of the things that you, going back to that original question now, learned from these men, both in business and even through the Christianity aspect that, that changed your way of what wealth was in acquiring it? Oh, well, to be honest with you, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that had to happen. Um, I, 
even before I could eat, accept wealth um, in that sense, there were just some things that had to, like my mindset had to radically change. I, what did I that would, look like? Yeah, yeah. So let, let me start with um, one of the things that was suggested to me was, you know what, put business aside um, because it brought out this, this greed in me. Mm. And, and because I, I only knew it in a certain way, if people weren't for me, they were against me. And so I put that aside to start with, and I just started learning how to um, have relationships with people, how to talk to people and not, uh, not expect that they were going to try to, um, you know, double cross me or things like that, that you could have a normal relationship with people or that my response didn't have to be aggressive uh, or, or violent. Quite frankly, I had to learn how to uh, not, not think that every white person was against me. That was a major shift right there. And, um, and then even relationships with women, learning how to have a a godly and normal relationship with a woman being able to speak with her and not expect all of these are, it sounds crazy, but these all, all these things had to be uh, sort of rewritten for me before I would eventually get to the point of going, okay, I think I'm a normal person. Now I've kind of removed a lot of these things. And, and it wasn't until I was married and had my second, I had my first daughter, it started getting me thinking, what am I going to teach her? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, and I thought back to my life growing up and my dad's an alcoholic and there were a lot of, there was a lot of pain and dysfunction there at home, um, physical abuse, verbal, all of these kind of things. And I thought, what am I going, I was never good enough. So what am I going to teach my daughter? And I thought, I'm just going to teach her to be her best. And then the question flipped, well, am I doing my best? And I was working for the government at this time. Uh, luckily, I did not get a record in my, in my earlier years. And, and so I was able to work for the government. And, um, and I started realizing I wasn't giving everything I had. Actually, I had gotten in trouble a, a couple of times for giving too much um, because, uh, unions and the like, and, you know, you're only supposed to do your job, don't do anything else. And so that started me on the road to what am I, what do I really need to do? What do I love? So, and it was my minister that actually came to me and said, um, what is it that, what do you want to do? And it was the first time in my life that I actually asked myself what I wanted, uh, in life. I want to reiterate what I'm, I'm hearing. And for those of you listening, I'm, you know, you can't see me do this, but, you know, I, I, it's like you have your hands out, okay, uh, flat, open. And before, you're, it's as if your fists were closed. You couldn't receive anything, nor could you give anything. Because your understanding of business and wealth was I'm against the world. It's me at war with everyone else to try to win and to fight. So you have your fists closed, trying to hold on to what you have, but also as a posture of ready to fight for it. And through this process of change and softness, you went from the position of holding on and fighting to a posture with your hands 
open and not only willing to give to help others, but then it also allows you to be in a posture of receiving as well. And it wasn't until that shift happened that you were able to start building the right relationships that benefited both you and them and the right business connections and deals to help flowing because everything is done out of relationship and not out of this, it's me versus the world mentality. And that was your, your biggest aha, if I'm understanding you correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you actually nailed it perfectly there. It was, it was very much uh, I had, it was me against the world. And I think some of that mentality took, still took more time to to work on yeah. and and work out. But absolutely, without a doubt, I had to learn to be able to, quite frankly, give rather than always looking to get. Interesting. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that was that was, and that major shift happened over that time that then put me in place to be able to. Uh, look at my daughter and and start thinking and then and then I started down the road of investing so let's 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 go to that aspect okay Okay. because a lot of people let's pretend we have someone who's listening that's like in a hundred thousand dollars of debt okay I'm not talking about mortgage because you know anyone who has a mortgage is in that category but let's just say consumer debt bad debt student loan uh, etc. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I, I am bombarded by debt. And the idea of wealth is but a mere pipe dream. It's so far away. It feels hopeless to even dream. I'm so tight. And I know I've been there, not, not to that extent of 100,000, but at 30,000, I felt that way. At 20,000, at 15,000, at 14,000, you know, Wealth felt like a pipe dream. Financial freedom felt like an impossibility. For someone who is there, what are some of the first steps that someone can take financially to move in the right direction from being net negative to net worth? Wow. Well, I I think first of all, we're we're saying that someone has just recognized that they're in a hole and they need to stop digging. Mm. That in and of itself is, is actually a huge realization. Oftentimes people will acknowledge that they're in this hole in, in a hole of debt, but they will not stop digging. It's just what I've done. So they keep putting themselves further and further and, and you, until you're you as a person get to that point where you acknowledge not only where you're at, but that you need to stop that and change those, those actions that you're taking um, that you can start, uh, you can start turning that around. Now, what do you do if you're, so you're asking, what do you do if you're now in this situation? Is it, is it a possibility? Is that, is that the question? Yeah. I, I mean, I think you made a good point too, because I just, I, I wrote down that as a, you know, you recognized you're in a hole. Now you just need to stop digging. And then yeah. your next step is, is what? Oh my goodness, Evan, the, the number of people that will say that they recognize that they're in a hole, 
that they've put themselves in a hole, but will not stop digging is, is huge. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, think about, think do about that many when it comes. To, oh, absolutely. Fitness. I was oh, just yeah. That. I need to lose some weight. Oh, you know, Oh, I need to lose it. Right. And what do we do? We keep eating the junk food. We keep doing all this stuff. We don't exercise. We, you, you should see right? my trash can right here. <laughs> it's full of junk food. That's, and, and what I, um, one of the things that I would say when we're coming to mindset is I don't really believe much in motivation anymore. I, I mean, I do in the sense of what, it, what are your motives, but I really look to what is your commitments? Because motivation can come and go, but what are your commitments? What, what are you committed to in life? Uh, who are you committed to in life? And, and when you act from your core, your core values, your core commitments, it's amazing how you will never need any motivation to get things done. And, um, y- you know, you can y- look at look at that in so many areas. Oh, here's a great one when it comes to fitness, because we were talking about uh, fitness and and that's in definitely an area of wealth. Well, as someone who's dying, who's just gotten a diagnosis, look, if you don't change your eating habits or this habits, you're going to die. You've got six months. And isn't it miraculous how all of a sudden when someone realizes that they're committed to living, boom, all those things, they've got more than enough motivation. There's no motivation needed. I'm going to die. Okay, great. And, and they find that strength to be able to do those things. And, and the same is true for these other areas. Most people can't or don't look for what their commitment is when it comes to finances, Mm. when it comes to money. And so as a result, they, they live in these habits that they have and you can't replace those habits without getting in contact, connecting with what your commitment is. My commitment, I have no, I have no interest in, in money per se. Money doesn't do anything. Like, okay, great. But, but I am committed to setting an example for my kids. I am committed to setting an example for other people and, and being that example for people. I am committed to being able to take the wealth that I've made and be able to uh, help bring other people up. You know, normally on a yearly basis, we, for myself and my investors, we find some sort of outlet or charity to be able to get in involved in and, and help out with. Um, I, I have a magazine of a yacht, a yacht magazine that I've been looking at. I actually don't really like yachts all that much, but I started thinking about it and I was like, maybe what would it be like if I got a yacht? And then for kids, like I was a kid in the hood, Never would have even imagined being on a yacht, much less owning a yacht. I thought, what if I had the ability to bring them, some of these kids, to get them away from some of their situations and just be able to have a, have a moment like that? And uh, different, different things like that in, can actually light me up and inspire me because these are the things that I'm committed to. You know, going back to to the beginning of this, like 
what are the next steps after you recognize you're in a, in the hole and you stop digging? How do you reverse that? Right. Uh, okay. So in that moment, when you recognize it, part of what's happening is you are recognizing that this is not in line with who you are. You're not committed to this. So now if you can then just recognize that other side of the coin, the, the actions are actually, the actions are fairly simple. All right. I need to stop me, stop spending on these things. When, it, when we're talking finances, okay, I need to stop wasting money on this. I need to start looking at my finances. Where am I, where am I wasting my money? Where am I throwing it away? And immediately stop those actions. Now, the next side of it is, am I prepared to, to do the work or am I just happy to stop this behavior? Because mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're now trying to create wealth, you're going to have to start digging out of that hole. You're going to have to working, work actively. I've got lots of investors uh, that are working passively. They're taking their money and making their money work for them. Well, you're not there. You're in a hole and you're going to have to dig yourself out of that, which means you're going to either actively start making money, become a realtor, start a business on the side, start taking it, start a a part-time job, right? You got to start bringing in more money to start hitting that debt that you've created and and start getting rid of that. Or you need to start taking that money and putting it towards other investments that can also build and attack that debt. One way or another, you've got to uh, do it. And that's really a mindset that's a there are mindset differences and, if you're not prepared for that then and it transcends know. many like it could be wealth in terms of money it could be your health it could be your family yeah. and so like I, i'm just going to use finances as an example um yeah. for for myself you know what ended up happening was there's this moment where i was like we're no longer taking out loans to pay for things <laughs> yes Yes. We're no longer using, like, first it was, we're no longer using credit cards. And then years after not using credit card, guess what? We have no credit card debt. Mm. Okay. And little by little, we're paying on the student loan. Little by little, we're having more kids and our expenses are going up. And, you know, we had to, we had to go get raises. It it forced us to have to do more to, to just maintain because even even when we were just doing nothing different, but changing some of our bad habits, that in and of itself was not enough because mm-hmm. we were still stagnant where there wasn't margin. You know, right. we actually added kids, we added expenses. Um, and so we, we had to go do more. And then what ended up happening is along the way, I also had to educate myself on wealth. I had to educate myself on finances. And then the crap hits the fan. I lose two vehicles in a matter of two days. Like they both car wreck and the other one breaks down for good. Do I go get a student or do I go get a loan? No. Okay. So we're carless. Okay. I'm going to borrow someone's car. And we borrowed someone's car for six months. Meanwhile, we paid off my student loans. We paid off a storm shelter. We paid off one of the cars that was gone. And 
you know, we just, what happened is we had to get out of debt and then that gave us more margin. And then with that extra that we had now, we started setting aside, we had in savings. And here's where I feel like I differ from Dave Ramsey. Um, Dave Ramsey's very like put a thousand dollars in emergency fund. Yes. Start with a thousand. But then I also realized my emergency fund on average over the last 10 years, when something's hit us financially, it's normally been around $7,000 An HVAC, um, our house flooded, uh, you know, a a car breakdown and we, we need to buy another cheaper car. Like it's been around 7,000. So I decided like, okay, now we're going to get 10 grand. Okay. Well, when the next storm hit, guess what? We had that money in the bank. And so, so then it, it goes from stop digging to educating myself to understanding, you know, what can go wrong, will go wrong and learning how to uh, prevent, not just prevent that, but sure myself up from that. And then the next part was continue to learn how to bring in more money, create more margin. And then this year is the first year we've ever did financial investing other than automatic 401k contribution for my wife Mm -hmm. in cryptocurrency. And, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of skeptic, um, I want to say speculation, but that's not it. Yeah. Uh, uh, skepticism. skepticism. Yeah. Skepticism. But, you know, I'm, I, I tend to trust cryptocurrency market more than the federal reserve at this point mm. uh, with all the printing and seeing how over 10 years, Bitcoin has continued to rise in value and be the number one wealth transfer, you know, that it's 10 years proven. So I thought it was fairly safe anyway. And I'm not saying go take all your money and put it in Bitcoin or anything like that. I'm just saying mm-hmm. when we started investing, we didn't over invest in crypto. We didn't leverage everything we had and, and try right. to get rich quick. It's been right. small steps. And right. we do have in crypto, if we lost it, it would suck. But <laughs> It wouldn't yeah. keep me from paying my mortgage. It wouldn't right. keep me from, uh, you know, us having an emergency fund. Yeah. You know, because my emergency fund is separate than some of these other investments. And so it's just education, impl- implementation, education, implementation, and then also uh, learning how to acquire more. Absolutely. You, you have, if we're talking about money, you have to get the knowledge first. Yeah. The knowledge ha- has to come because otherwise what happens is you you start doing things that you think make sense, but just the same way that you didn't have the knowledge and got yourself into the hole, now all of a sudden you don't have that knowledge and you get yourself into a different hole. Yeah. So you, you, you've got to get that knowledge base. The self-awareness is great so that you can now go, all right, I need to learn. And, yeah. and that what you're talking about with a reserve fund, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Having that emergency fund. We are in a place right now in history that if you do not have an emergency fund ready, that anything could, could occur, right? Like everyone's worried right now about inflation. Uh, but if there is an inverse reaction and all of a sudden there's a, a crash in the 30s, nobody had any 
whoever had some reserves, some cash, they actually did well. Most people didn't. And so you have to be ready on that other side for the crash, whether it be the vehicles, something something happened to the vehicles or the water heater or any of these kind of things. So absolutely. Right, because when the crash comes, that's the best time to invest. It is, it is. That's where you make your wealth at. Yeah. And so now when it comes to the investing side and what are you, what are you doing with your money? Obviously you you're liking crypto. One of the, the lessons that I learned from a gentleman older than me, he said, you have to, you have to be able to put your money into something that you know is going to consistently make you money, but then you have to take some amount of money it's a small amount, something that you can afford to gamble with. And you've got to be able to take that and make small bets in different places. And, um, and he was referring to, he bought this little piece of land. And this little piece of land that he bought happened to be waterfront land that uh, 30 years later turned into millions of dollars yeah. because people wanted to then build on that waterfront, you know, but did he know if that was going to turn into something? No, but he took a little something and put it aside and, and that, and then held it. And then was, you know, what's, what's so unique through this too, is learning like, and then learning how to forecast things. Cause that's exactly what he did. He forecasted something that he believed would happen, but it didn't happen for, for, you know, 30 years and, you know, you're in real estate investing and I'd love to talk more about that maybe at another time, you know, me being a real estate agent, you know, there's a lot of, I see a lot of good opportunities out there, but my wife and I aren't in the spot personally to be able to invest a lot into buying a rental. Now here's Mm. the thing. So let's, let's say we take $20,000 and put it down. Okay. So we do that and someone rents it and then they don't pay their mortgage or they don't pay the rent. My wife and I can't, we, we can't do two mortgages. And so instead of pretending like, okay, nothing's ever going to go wrong. I'm like, okay, if, if immediately they don't pay the mortgage, we can't. So that's not an investment vehicle for us yet. However, here's where my wife and I have invested in real estate. We're buying our own home. So the first time we bought a house, I, uh, I just looked at the area. I, this was before I was in real estate. I was like, hey, Main Street kind of sucks. Like it, it's, it's depreciated. There's not a lot going on. Let's buy a house near Main Street. And my wife's like, what? Why? I was like, because it can't, the, the city says they want to grow and they want to develop and all these nice things and attract more people here. Well, they can't let the Main Street go like this if they're wanting to do these things. So they're going to have to develop this area. Let's buy a house in this area. Two years later, then they started developing. And then five years later, when I sold my house, I bought it for like 85,000, sold it for 115. The next house that I bought, similar scenario, different part of town. I bought it at 126,000, but the appraisal was 145,000 in bad condition. Right now, if I sell my house today, I could sell it. I, I believe, you know, at the low end, 210, in this market, I'm thinking I could get 230 potentially. You know, that's $100,000 of net worth gain in five years because I was looking at where I was buying. I was buying 
with equity built in and I wasn't maxing maxing out what I could buy. I was looking for a good deal because I'm trying to play the long game. Now, do, did we always have the nicest house? No, we have, we've always had to do work on it. We've always had to fix it up. We've always had to put sweat, sweat equity. But that first $85,000 investment with a, let's see, roughly $25,000 net return um, has now turned into $100,000 right. just of net worth because I was smart when I bought and where I bought and I bought at a right price. Yeah. Well, so, can, can I say something about yeah, that? Please. You can never invest above your knowledge. Um, you, can, you can get lucky, right? There's a lot of people in crypto that have no real basis in, in understanding on that investment. They just happen to put some money there. And so if they needed to duplicate it, they couldn't duplicate it. Right. They, they wouldn't really know. Right. Um, that, oh, I'll just buy. I, I had a gentleman say, oh, I'll, you know, um, I made millions in in crypto. I said, and what happens if if that was all gone? What would you do? I'd buy it again and I'd make it again. Right. You can't force okay. that. Yeah. 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 Good. Great. Great strategy. Now, but if you have that knowledge base, you're. And, and my knowledge base has grown, right? I started with a single family home that I bought as an income property. And then I learned that and I was like, oh, well, how do I go to the next level? And I had to learn and, you know, and, and I'm not saying this in any way to brag, but I can say that this year that I, I bought uh, a couple of apartment build, buildings with none of my own money. And and I, again, not to brag, but to say, as you learn there, you get to learn more and more ways of how to do things and grow your wealth. But right. nobody is going to give you money if you don't know right. what to do with it. Right. And so that's, uh, that's an important thing. And so you're creating a base for yourself uh, of knowledge and experience in real estate to be able to teach and train other people and um, and what you are going to do and anyone that's listening, if you, if you raise your network, you will raise your net worth mm. because I, I share this story. If I can share this story here, yeah. uh, you know, when you have a, cause I, I have a criminal past and you know what happens if when, when criminals get, caught and get locked up they all they put them all together and you know what <laughs> happens when when they when they get together in prison and i've worked in a couple of prisons by the way um what happens is they get together and they talk and they teach one another and so what happens is you actually get these guys that end up coming out and they end up being better criminals than they were when they went in well guess what happens with the rich same as you go up in level you will huddle around with people now at that level who are now saying, hey, how do we improve and get better in our investing, get better with our money, better with our habits, better with our health, all of these kind of things. And as you keep raising that, uh, you, same thing happens. Uh, and, and I can tell you for a fact that I spend a lot of my time in conversations with people 
talking about how do we move to the next level? What do we need to do? Oh, what did you learn? Oh, you learned that? That's amazing. And, and so on and so forth. Neil, man, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can people follow you at? Oh, uh, well, you can uh, check me out. Uh, my website is leadership to wealth. Dot com. Um, you can, of course, find me on YouTube, uh, the Leadership to Wealth podcast, and um, and I think uh, the audio is out there all in all sorts of places. And uh, and of course, you can you just look me up. You'll find me all over the place. Awesome, Neil. Thank you so thanks. much for coming onto the show. Have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. <laughs>